What's up? This is your girl, T. As a black woman in her 30s, I'm constantly trying to figure out life. But the one time of the week where it all seems to come together is on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right, when I talk with my girls at brunch over a glass of champagne. I created this podcast to bring good vibes and open dialogue about various topics from mental health, relationships, personal development, the workspace, to the bubbly that happened over the weekend. Sundays are a time for celebration, rest, and reflection. So welcome to Champagne Sunday. Grab a glass, pop a bottle, and get ready to pour it up. Champagne Sunday is pleased to provide you with social media content for your personal education and informational purposes. Reliance on any information provided by Champagne Sunday or by any person or professional appearing on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hey, 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 welcome to Champagne Sunday. It's your girl T and welcome back to another Sunday. I hope that you've been resting, relaxing and reflecting. But today is a special Sunday because I have a guest. Hey. Yes. Hey. Introduce yourself, guest. Hello, 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 world. Um, I'm Jaren. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, I'm well. So Jaren and I have been friends for maybe like... I did the math. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's like 2000... Years. It's been 15 years? 15 years. Wow, 15 years. That's a long time. That's we're old. I mean, we're getting older. We're getting there. But that's a long time. Yeah, so we met in college at Howard University. H-U. H-U, you know. All right. Um, and so, Darren, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, this is not new to you. You're all about communications. <laughs> yeah, I am all about communication, but I tell you, it's a little weird being on this side of, uh, you know, the microphone, you know, being being talked with. Um, but yeah, no, I am a, um, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a news anchor in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, no, I anchor the morning news every Monday through Friday. Shameless plug, 4.30 to 7 a.m. W-I-S-N. Okay. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> and then you have a new opportunity now. So you're going to be on TV a little bit more? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So um, I was just named the co-host of uh, our weekly political public affairs show. So um, basically, this is like a half hour show that airs on Sunday mornings. Um, and we just basically talk about some of the biggest issues that are happening all across Wisconsin. It's a lot of politics, but a little bit of public mm-hmm. affairs conversations too. So that's what I'm really excited about because um, I'm kind of passionate about some some public affairs type storytelling. You know, I like issues of like nice. um, you know mass incarceration, looking at issues like that mm-hmm. um, in our communities, and looking at some of the issues that really affect. Um, black and brown community. So now I have an opportunity to talk about those um, on, on our new show. So I'm excited about That's that. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's really awesome. And I mean, I guess that that was last year you interviewed Kamala Harris. So this is kind of like all in sync. I like that. Right. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. The like HE that. connection was real. Okay. See, it pays to go to the real. Yeah. You. The real one. <laughs> the real one. Um, so today we're gonna do a bubbly and we're gonna well actually first let me tell what are you drinking on? So I'm drinking on? on a little what are uh, you Pacific on? Rim sweet Riesling here. Okay, uh, I love a Riesling. Yeah, this was uh this was a nice little but it's Christmas. sweet though. Um yeah, that's what's, what it is. That's what what's I, the percentage? Let's see. We do we do twelve and up. We do twelve and up. Let's see. This is oh, well, I need to get something stronger. This Tell is, me, it better be eleven point five. What no, is this? This is pretty weak, actually. I'm I'm embarrassed to say it. You better say it. <laughs> it's seven point five. Oh my goodness! Oh, my I needed goodness. the thing. I need, I wish I had my. <laughs> I wish I had my. Uh, <laughs> You, my you laugh track set up. Yes, I wish I had. I don't even have it plugged up right now, but I need to go. Uh, like, no, sound effect. Boo! Wait, do I need to get something? I mean, you know, sip on it. Let's see where it takes you. Okay, all right. We'll see. You I know, well, right. go ahead and pour it up so we can you can know, do our cheers, toast it up before we get into it. This episode, we're of course, fifteen years of strip friendship. We're going to be talking about navigating friendships. At adulthood, what does that look like? Ooh. And so we're gonna pour it up. Pour it and Jaren, you're gonna lead us in a cheers. Like I think this should be our bubbly. Okay. You got a cheer? I do have like, a cheers. Just... Okay, okay. Is it about friendship? It is. It is. Ready? Okay. All right. Perfect. Let's go. All right. 
There are many ships that sail the sea, but the mm-hmm. best ships are friendships, and may they always be. Okay. I like that. Cheers. Sip on that. That was a little poetic. I wasn't expecting that. I thought you was going to say something ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Up with it, down with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you was going to say it, but I like that too. Or have you seen the new one where it was like, never below us, always behind? You know, you've seen the people do that um, on TikTok and Instagram? It's like, they take the glass and they say, never below us, never above us. You never seen that? I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. <sighs> okay. Well, it's all right. Well... Anyways, so yeah, so let's get into it about friendships. So we've been friends for 15 years, which is kind of crazy because I feel like when I left Howard that I remember having a conversation with a friend who actually has passed away now with Trey. And we were I remember being on the couch and I was like, I don't know what our friendships are going to be like now because as when you're in school or like when you're even in grade school, you see your friends every day. Um, It's easy to get in contact with them. You meet in the calf or you meet up on the weekends. It's pretty much like your life. Like everybody is, it's kind of like living with, honestly, college is like living with your best friends for four years. Like everyone is together. And so it's just easy to maintain those relationships in an easy and seamless way. But when you become an adult, it's kind of like, oh, now you have to make plans and figure out how to see people. People live far away. People are immersed in their passions, their careers. They probably started new families. And so it's like, how do you nurture or nurture your friendships with balancing, well, balancing kind of like the different obstacles and responsibilities that you have as adulthood? So I don't know. I for I don't know. Like, how do you feel like you've been able to keep in contact? Because now all you're all the way in Wisconsin. And I feel like most of your, well, you have family in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of us are still on the East Coast, like mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that as you get old, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> why, why are you laughing at me? I mean, because you were like, I don't know. I've never seen you be stuck on a question. <laughs> like, you're like, right. It's the I first question you hear me on. I'm just stuck. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I think it's interesting because I think that I, I remember having similar conversations. Like, when you are getting to the end of your collegiate career, right? You're like, okay, well, like, what's going to happen now? Because you're right. Mm-hmm. That's so much harder to, um, you might hear something. That's Dewey. Who's that? <laughs> Dewey. Oh, it's Newey. Oh, he in the back. That's his dog. Oh, that what is he doing? He's just playing with a toy. Okay, now he's gone. But yeah, no, I mean, as you get older, there there are things that get in the way of like making that easy. I think that over the years, you've just like, I don't know, we've just maintained, you maintain the relationships that are most important to you. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't keep in contact as closely as you will with some people doesn't mean that your relationship changes, though. It doesn't have to. So yeah, I just think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy, though, because... As you mentioned, like 15 years, it seems like that that is a long time, but it doesn't seem it is. long. Like it doesn't. Uh, I remember um and <laughs> I feel like it was in college that we saw um the why did like why did I get married and why did I get married twos? Like isn't that when that, that came out, the Tyler Perry movie? Did we, go? we probably did. We used to go I'll, we did. I'll I don't know, but even seeing those, it was, I remember like thinking like cause those characters in the movie, they were like friends from college from like twenty years. Mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh dang, or is that is that like a BS and continue yeah. those relationships like twenty years? And it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it, you know, it has. But I think that again, mm-hmm. you just, you stay in communication and I don't know. Yeah. That is true. I think it helped for us to have like technology because I can't imagine like our parents' age and like writing letters. (laughs) 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 We got to write letters to each other or I don't know, we have to really plan trips to see one another because our, you know, I guess do phone calls. But I think technology makes it so much easy, so much easier because I think we have like group chats. So even when you're like doing your day to day. You can always easily put a meme in the group chat. Everybody laughs or you feel connected through Instagram or you feel connected through FaceTime. So I think technology definitely makes it easier um, because I feel like at one point, I think before Howard, I don't think I was that good with maintaining my friendships. Like I would, if I, it was like out of sight, out of mind. So I really thought like after Howard, I wouldn't see y'all like no, I was like, I'm not going to see y'all. This is kind of it. 
And then it just continued. And then it's just like small things like our mutual friend Ariana would come. She moved back to Oregon, but she would make it a point to come back every summer to hang out with us. And then sometimes you'll be like, oh, I'm going to come during this week. Like we would kind of coordinate weeks where we can all kind of be in the city together. And so it is definitely an effort Mm -hmm. that has to take place. But I never feel like it's hard. I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to talk to you all. Like I miss you. Like we need to hang out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's also finding a group of friends that you enjoy being around. So it doesn't feel like a task right. to have to reach out to them or to like schedule different things. Right. Like you want to see your friends. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point about social media too. It makes it easy to, like you're saying, connect and like stay and stay on top of what people are doing because mm-hmm. it's all out there. Yeah. But then again, too, you have people who just like, you just grow apart. Yeah. Like you don't, you know, I don't know what happens. I think sometimes people just grow and and go into different directions. And so I think the friendships may start to the fizzle out a little bit. And that's real. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, I mean, because I feel like we both had some friendships that, that, well, I know I have had friendships that kind of fizzle out over time. But I think it also goes to the play of like, because it was, I was looking at this article of like, do you have friendships for different things? Like, do you notice like you have friends for different situations in your life? Or is it kind of like you just have a pool of friends? Um, That's interesting because I was going to ask you that question. Like, is it okay. possible that you can have multiple best friends? Um, But it's like sort of kind of the same. Uh, situation. But like, I think that it is, I think it's kind of both. I think that, yes, you can have friends who, like, I mean, you have friends who have gone through certain stages of your life with you that mm-hmm. other friends have not, right? And then you right. have friends who have been there through every stage of life. So it's like, mm-hmm. so I think that it is kind of different. Like, you can't have friends who are, you know, not situational friends, but like, mm-hmm. they, they relate to certain parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I kind of do. I kind of do. I think you you have certain people in your life that can, like, if you're going through a situation or going through experience, there's certain people in your life who can understand that because they have, like, the whole story. Like, they've been with you. That's how I imagine what you're saying. Like, they've been with you maybe since, like, elementary or high school. So, like, they can really understand maybe this part of your story more so than somebody else. Um, but I definitely think that I have... Well, I could definitely say in high school, I did have like situational friendships, but now do I have, I think I probably still do in a sense. Like I do have friends, like I have a lot of mutual friends and groups. So when I say situations, it's like, I have a friend that, oh, it's time to go to brunch. Let's go to brunch. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm really going through an issue, I might not call that friend to like talk about my issue. But I'll call that friend to go hang out on the weekend. Right. So, (laughs) but I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, no, it's not a bad thing either. It's just that there are friends who, right. And and that's what, I mean, I I gave a bad example, I think. Like, I gave another probably bad example. But, like, I have friends who I know through journalism who I'm going to talk about work stuff with versus, like, I'm not going to talk to, like, I'm not going to call someone else who doesn't know anything about our industry and be like, oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? So like, they're not going to relate those type of situations. But then I think you mean like with life situations. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're definitely friends who I know, like are going to say yes to the brunch invitation and friends Mm -hmm. who I know are going to say no. That's fine. Okay. So people would say, is that a friend or is that an associate? Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, cause is it a friend? Cause I go through this with my clients all the time, especially high school. I feel like they have a hard time conceptualizing friendship. So is this a person that is actually a friend who's going to be supportive of you and there, or is this just somebody you like to hang around with and get in trouble with? And so they're like, they are an associate, but not necessarily a friend. And I think that's an important kind of thing, thing to yeah. navigate. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So what would, I mean, I could tell you what I think my, you want me to tell you what I think the difference is? Are you going to, you want to chime in there? Yeah, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I feel like, let me think about it a little bit. All right. So again, I think it's, I kind of said it like an associate is someone who maybe you're a mutual friend with, right? Cause I think sometimes in our circle that we meet friends through friends. I might start hanging out with one of your friends, but they're not necessarily my friend. They may just be kind of like an associate. So I might, if I'm having a party or something, I might add them on the invitation. But again, I'm not calling them up to be like, hey, what you doing today? Or without even, you know, just me connecting with them individually. So I feel like an associate is just someone that you know, you might have like 
you're cordial, you probably respect each other, and you have some type of connection, whether it's a mutual friend, whether it's a hobby that you do. I think even sometimes people who have hobbies on the weekend, like say you like to go hiking, you might have your hiking group of friends, but don't mean you're going to call your hiking friends when you're really going through it. Are you having a work situation? You might just hit them up like, oh yeah, Saturday, you, you go into this, like you said, like if it's something related to our hobby, I might call you to like, talk to you about this, but I'm not talking to you about my personal issues in life. Maybe that might go that route, but it's also okay to have sectional people like, you know, that's just my hiking buddy. Like we hike, you know? So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree then. Yeah. And maybe you're right. I mean, when you break it down like that, it makes it sound like those sectional relationships are more associates and Mm -hmm. that can grow into friendship. Right. Yeah. I think so. I think too, I think when you think about section, I think about work too, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I see, I feel like you develop work friendships really well, mm-hmm. but I th- I don't know if it's because people at your job is more around your age or like y'all have more things in common, but I feel like at work, I like to separate it. Like also people at work are older. Like they're maybe, well, they're not that much older. Maybe like f- I just feel like it's just not not somebody I would hang out with. Yeah. Because I have hung out with people at work when I was in my early 20s because we were all in the same stage of life. We were all kind of at NIH doing a post back. We were all trying to figure out med school, grad school, all that stuff. So we were kind of in the same area. We like to do mm-hmm. things. And at NIH, we were like the only black kids. Like it was it was a small pool of us. So it was a yeah. connection. But now I'm like, yeah, I don't need to like hang out with my coworkers. I don't really want to see them. And there was a a friend who just had was supposed to go to a brunch with his coworkers today. And I think they changed the time. They said originally it was at 1.15. And then they said it was 11.30. He was like, and then he was like, oh, um, I didn't get the group message. I thought it was one thirty, and the girl was like, or his coworker was like, "Never mind, just don't come. It's it's all right. Just like forget about it." And I was like, oh, "That's a little <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a little like, is this was work? Are y'all friends? Like, why right. was why was it that much animosity?" And he was like, "I think she mad at me." And I was like, "Mad?" And I was like, "Well, when was this planned? Because why would it be?" a mad thing like y'all are co-workers and right. if she changed the time everybody is adults doesn't mean that i could come i could come at one phone 15 doesn't mean i can come at like 11 30 right so i think it's weird like people blur those lines i guess yeah. i don't know with their their co-workers yeah no i definitely know that there are people who you know draw that line between you know work and um work and friends and personal life um and i think that's important that you should do that um to, to, certain, mm-hmm. to some extent you should definitely have boundaries um, I think that in, in my work relationships, um, I think that I've been fortunate in my past couple of stations to be in like like-minded, I guess like life circumstances, like you were saying uh, with mm-hmm. UH, where like yeah. my co-anchors have been, you know, similar age, you know, we're okay. in the same like stage of life trying to do that sort of thing. And it's not to say that everyone's like that because like, you know, like then I have producers who are a little older who like, I'm not going to be that close with, um, and <laughs> yeah. like, you know, or even just like, you know, the, I think that it all just depends, but yeah, no, I think that, um, you do have to have boundaries. I think that that, that is important, but I think that sometimes it works out. Um, I'm glad that it does work out. Like now my, my co-anchor is like one of my closest friends, even here. Mm-hmm. In so like, you know, that's like, um, and I think that that helps at work too. Wait, one of your closest friends is what? I said my one of my co my co-anchor is one of my closest mm-hmm. friends here in Milwaukee. Um so oh, okay, that, okay. like you know, like we don't have that relationship where it's like work and life completely separate, uh, but it's also because we're in very similar, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. life stages and um yeah. you know, we just really relate well outside of work too. So mm-hmm. we have a really good relationship. That's good. Have you ever had to set because you mentioned setting boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. How do you set boundaries with your coworkers? Like have you had an experience where you had to set a boundary with a coworker? <laughs> like when you say set a boundary, what do you mean? Just be like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, okay. I mean setting boundaries, it, like saying no or oh, saying yeah. like no, I'm not going to do XYZ. It doesn't have to be like sexual harassment or anything oh, like right, that. Right, right. But just the fact that you're saying like no, you're my coworker. Um, you're not invited to this <laughs> or no, you can't, you know, just setting a, a blocker, kind of trying to make sure that it stays separated. Yeah. Um, 
yes, definitely. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, How did that go? I mean, I think that, it, I mean, it's, it's, and the, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's not a, a hard thing to do. At all. Okay. Was it? Some people might find it hard to sit oh, down. No, 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 no. Okay. So it was just a conversation. You, you, I mean, how did, I don't know. I'm trying to like figure out what, ha- was it something that happened or it was just, you just set a boundary? That's what, no, I think that it's like not even a conversation I had, just like a mental boundary. Like, you know, just like, oh. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not understanding the question. Maybe well, I think that's, too, that's good too, because there are different boundaries, right? So yeah. when you're saying there wasn't a conversation had, sometimes you don't even have to go towards the conversation because it's the way I act around you. That could even be a boundary. So when I'm at work, I... I act or I'm a certain way or behave a certain way that that sets a boundary in itself. So people know that they can't do X, Y, and Z. So for instance, like I've been in, think about when I used to work in the schools, there were some coworkers who were very lax. Like they would be kind of chilling in each other's office. They would be kind of talking about personal issues. They, you know, they may be joking around with coworkers a lot. So I feel like that kind of takes away a layer, right? Like if I can joke around with you, I'm chilling with you. I may think I can do certain things or have this relationship with you because right. that boundary is no longer there. So it can, so that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to necessarily be a conversation, but how do you set boundaries to separate yeah. that from? That's a great example. Cause I feel like that that's the way that I operate. Like I don't necessarily okay. have to have like a conversation, but like, I just feel like there's, yeah, there's like kind of a decorum pl- in place. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm cordial with you or I'm like, you know, there's, there's not going to be situations where you're going to like, I don't know. I think that like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> I'm just going hold on. I got to think. I got to think. It's a good question. Um, Come on, relax. Take a sip of wine. Come on, Jaren. Take a sip of wine. <laughs> your, your shoulders is up to your ears. Come on. Relax. Relax. It's a podcast. And probably only three people listening anyway. It's okay. <laughs> it's not that serious. Hopefully one day people will look back and maybe more people will listen to my podcast. But we're in the beginning stages. It's it's a it's a fun time. It's relaxed. Hold on, I'm trying to think. It's cool. Boundaries Set in the workplace. Like I'll give you example. For instance, your page. Okay, we could talk about this. Your page, right, on Instagram. I think your page oh. is appropriate. Yeah, your Instagram page is appropriate. But there are also some things that's like, oh, like I think you're you're yourself. You're you, right? It's not completely like professional work you'll like do memes and you'll do different things so like people where everybody at work can follow you on your instagram page Mm -hmm. okay so do you choose do you have some things that you're like i wouldn't put this on my instagram page yeah yeah i'm just like mindful of what i post because yeah like my my pages are open so yeah there are Mm -hmm. certain things i'm not gonna put on there okay so what's something that you wouldn't put on there So I've been put a lot of our homecoming festivities on there. Okay, 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 okay. All right, you but know, you did do a you did do a reel though of I homecoming. Did a reel, but it, was, but it didn't have a lot of other moments. Okay, it didn't have a lot of moments in there. All right. I mean, I just be wondering because sometimes I be back jogging back and forth between keeping my page private and then open because mm-hmm. I feel like I hate that reels. So you have to have it private in order to everybody see. Yeah. But um. But okay, so then that might be a boundary too. Like, it's certain things that you put on your Instagram page. Well, yeah, and I think that because I um, am like a, I mean, like a quote unquote public person, like mm-hmm. you got a blue why, check, huh? I said you got a blue check. <laughs> but that's why, like, I mean, my stuff is open, but I'm just, ha- I just have to be cognizant over what I'm posting. You know, like I just don't post a, you know, there are some things that I'm just not going to post on my pages because. I know that they're open to the public, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's good. I'm trying to think of this boundary work situation. It's never been a conversation. I just feel like I've never had to, like, have a conversation with anyone to set a boundary at work. Okay. I feel like I've had one situation. Like, what, what did they do? Like, what, what brought about the conversation? So... If there was a, so I had, again, I was a school psychologist. I worked at a school and one of my students, he had a lot of behavioral issues. So he had a dedicated aide. So somebody who would be with him all the time and it happened to be a black man. And so 
of course, me and the black man would have to interact a lot because the student was always having behavioral issues. And so the man, his dedicated aide, wanted to go on a date with me. He was like, you like sushi? You want to go on a date? Da, 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 da. And I was like, no, we work together. I'm fine. Like, that's not, I'm not crossing that line. He was like, but, you know, it's fine. Da, da, da. We And it was kind of like continuing to reiterate, like, no, that's not happening. And then even when I was like, yeah, I'm leaving, he was like, well, now we can talk. And I was like, I, I'm not <laughs> interested. <laughs> but I think that's the boundary of like sometimes I think as um, not to my own as an attractive black woman, I think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in certain situations, especially when you work in a school, people will always try to like talk to you or try to like gauge you outside of school or try to do those things. But I feel like I have a very strict and I've seen a lot of people when I was at that particular job interact in very inappropriate ways. So much so that by the end of this uh, school semester, people were getting fired. So it's like you have to really be careful about setting those boundaries. And I think uh, to me, it's always odd and kind of tying it all back into friendship. It's odd when I feel like adults make friends at work. I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's like crazy, but it's like when those are like your main friends. Like sometimes I feel like adults act as if these are their only friends. Like this is their only pool or way of connecting with people are the people they associate with at work and they don't have people outside of work that they engage with. And you can kind of tell how people navigate work life that everything is sometimes drama or everything is so it's always tied or you make or bond with people really quickly. And I think that could lead to um not healthy relationships when especially at work. And I think you really have to have somebody that's really a good friend. But I think sometimes people just kind of go real fast and try to develop friendships because maybe they're lonely or they don't have those friendships outside of work. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about I think you said um Oh, is there a thing about having a best friend or do you have a best friend or Multiple should we all have a best friend? And that was pretty much of like psychology today had an article about five lies about adult friendships. And one lie was we should have a best friend. And they saying that that is a myth that it's more that labels aren't really important or status. We give our friendships, uh, but necessarily just how our friends treat us or how we confide in that friend for support. Um, I don't know. Do you have a best friend? I feel like I have multiple best friends. So maybe, right. you know, like, I don't know. And then that's, then that begs the question, like, then what is the best friend? You know, it's like, why are you just labeling them? You know, I have like, I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know. This is yeah. This article is interesting. I don't. I don't feel like I have a best friend either. And sometimes my clients will say, "I don't know." We're doing icebreakers because they're children. And they'll say, "Well, who's your best friend, Doctor McIntyre?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Who is my best friend?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like I love all of y'all. Like I don't really feel like I have one best friend. Right. Um. And I think what does this article says that. As we age, our understanding of what a best friend is can change. What's more important than the labels or status we give our friends is whether our friendships are reciprocated. Mm -hmm. So that's true. So that is both people in the friendship consider the other a friend. That might sound simple enough. But, but it's harder as you get like, older. <laughs> you said what? That little sentence that you just said is harder as you get older. Right. And, that's, and this is what they say. They said research suggests that up to half of our friendships, half, are actually unreciprocated. I believe it. That's crazy. It can also help to remember that one person doesn't have to meet all of our friendship needs. Having one friend we confine in or turn to for support and another we call for weekend outings is no less special than having one best friend or our person with whom we do everything with. All right. So we was on to something. Mm -hmm. We was on to something. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. So we said that. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the half of relationships are unreciprocated. Do you feel reciprocated in your relationship? Some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some of them. I think I, what I had to realize is that everybody's not going to do the same things that you do. Like, mm -hmm. they're not going to be a friend the same way that mm -hmm. I'm a friend. So, and I guess it kind of goes back into love languages because love languages can be used for friendship too. So the way that I feel like I'm showing up as a good friend may not be the same way someone else may think, or my friend may think that they're showing up as a good friend. Mm -hmm. So that can sometimes be a thing like, oh, you're not reciprocating, but I think it's not necessarily, they're not reciprocating. They just may be doing it in a different way that I don't notice. Or that's just not my love language, so it doesn't connect the same. Mm -hmm. I can buy that. 
I can yeah. buy that as well. But then I think that you can also tell when someone is not reciprocating anything. What, how can you tell? I mean, if you're always giving, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even think it has to be necessarily anything as like tangible as like giving. But I think that, I don't know. I feel like you can just tell when you're, when you're not getting anything in return from something like, you know, you can't be exhausted by a friendship of yours. Like, I feel like that is like one of maybe one of the prime examples. Like if you're exhausted by a friendship of yours, then I think that if that's not maybe a reciprocal friendship because you shouldn't be exhausted. Mm. Like, Oh, that's a good tell. Okay. Yeah. You're in yeah. trying to invest in. I think that goes in with just like relationship. Well, I can't talk about relationships. So I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you can though. You can always talk about relationships. I think you can. That's also, I think, a myth. You don't have to be in a relationship to talk about relationships. Fuck married people and people in relationships who say you have to be in a relationship in order to talk about it. No, I've had a lot of failed relationships, so I can talk about that shit because I know what I did wrong and I know what the person did wrong. Uh, I can talk about it. But yeah, with any relationship that you have, I feel like, like it could be a relationship with a family member, a friendship, like whatever. I feel like if you're exhausted by it, then I don't know. I feel like that that's not a good sign, obviously. I like that because that goes into like pouring pouring in and pouring out. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're always pouring out or pouring onto a friend and they're never pouring into you, then that would lead to like being exhausted or tired or feeling like the relationship is just too much. Like a burden. Mm-hmm, a burden, yeah. Yeah, and it shouldn't feel draining. Right. Okay, here's another myth, which I think is good. Okay, we should hold on to childhood friends. Stability uh, isn't a... Wait, no? they, wait, wait, they say that that's a myth? Yeah, so people believe that they should hold on to their childhood friends. Okay. You, wait, do you disagree? I think that it's okay to let go of childhood friends. Okay, right. Yeah, that's what they're saying, too. They're saying the myth is that people think they have to hold on to their friends, their childhood friends, no matter what. But you're right. Like you're saying, you can let them go. Are you going to continue uh-huh. reading? Is there, is there? Some- yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. Okay. So I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that, but I'm oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stability is an important marker of a healthy friendship. While it can be tough to maintain our friendships, especially when we are in different life stages, so much good can come from having a long-term friendships. That said, people change. And along with that, so do our friendships. Holding on to a friendship that no longer serves us because we are afraid of letting go isn't in our best interests. As we age, it's normal that we whittle down our group of friends to those we value the most, which can include childhood companions or more recent friendships. The friendships we develop as adults can be every bit as close and fulfilling as the friendships formed when we were younger. So my question or comment mm-hmm. or concern would be then, because I feel like, like what is letting go of a friendship? Because mm. just because like a childhood friend, you know, who you've had for, who you've known since mm-hmm. whatever, just because y'all don't talk anymore, like, you know, what, what does letting go mean? Like, is it, are you, is there, does ne- does letting go have to be like a negative connotation of like, something ending in a bad way, you know, or does it like, does it, does anything even have to be said when you let go of a friendship in that way? <laughs> I think it depends on the person. I think a healthy way is kind of like what you were saying earlier. If you feel that you're exhausted by the relationship, right? So you have a childhood friend and you've grown very differently. You may be on a different path in this friend and it's, obvious and it sometimes feel exhausting having to remain in this friendship with this person then you can have a conversation with this friend about how you feel um and that's and i always suggest okay this is okay that's why i was a little different this is the act yeah this is this is an active friendship so what you were thinking that they are just like yeah y'all just have like lost touch and contact over years i think that happens too i think sometimes people so, so I feel like sometimes there's parties where there's one person who's like, this not working. And the other person is like, I still like you. You're my friend. And the other person has to communicate like this is not working. And then there are friendships where both parties just kind of disperse and go on their separate ways. And it's not necessarily any animosity. I think I have some friendships like that from high school. Uh, I don't have a lot of childhood friends, to be honest. A lot, All of my friends and close friends came from Howard. <laughs> so yeah. my childhood and... I don't think I have any friends from elementary school. Um, 
high school, middle school, kind of like not friendships, people I, I see. Um, high school, I think I have a lot of friends kind of, we just go our separate ways, but we may come back together maybe for birthdays sometimes, or somebody take a trip, we may get together. But even then I've noticed that sometimes our alignment isn't the same in like taking trips and things of that nature uh, that sometimes I have a good, so for instance, like I can, my high school friend that I might engage with, I'm really close with, well, not really close, but I can be close with her enough to take a trip and we can have a good time. But sometimes the friends that she's hanging around with, I may not be as close with them. And so I may not want to put, I may not want to hang out with them on a, or a trip. You know, I may not want to go on an extended trip with them. Maybe if it was an, a Saturday night thing. Yeah. But maybe not like a whole four or five day vacation out of the country. I don't think I really want to go. Right. So I think in that sense, you start to what you were saying, like, how do you just separate? I think you just start to set boundaries. Maybe you start to say no more. Or maybe, you you know, maybe you only hang out at certain things. Maybe I'll go support you here, but not on a five day trip with you and your other friends. So I think it can look different as what letting go of childhood friends look like. Mm -hmm. But I think the unhealthy thing with the article is saying is when people stay in the relationship and feel like it has to be, you're my bestie and we ride together and we do all of this together. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. You can totally let go of the relationship or you can just choose how you want to show up in that relationship in certain ways. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have childhood friends like from elementary school? So I have one friend who I've known for 32 years. So that's like... And it's like, it's DJ. You've met DJ. Um, Oh, yes. Okay. And that's like, I mean, he's a little more like a brother to me in that sense. You know, our our mothers were best friends before we were born. So we've grown up together our entire life and we're still very actively friends. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have, I have two friends from sixth grade who I still talk to. And one person who I do consider one of my best friends, um, I've talked to since sixth grade too. Who I still talk to today, but actually, we've recently not talked, um, and it's a good example of like maybe we're going our separate ways at this point. I don't know, but um, okay. Well, I mean, like, how often do you talk? Like, is this because sometimes people just won't talk, and then they'll talk, and it's like so. You know, we, no time has. This been. is a specific example. When I mean, like, apparently we got into it last summer, but like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know over what. So I'm still trying to figure out over what. But I'm also like as I've exhausted my efforts and trying to figure out what's wrong mm-hmm. and like what I did mm-hmm. and like how to recover things or whatever, like mm-hmm. that's not being reciprocated. So like I'm mm. starting to give less cares about needing to maintain it. Yeah. That's healthy for you. Yeah. I think sometimes that's good too. Cause people can be mad at things, but just because they're mad, but that doesn't mean that they are putting in the efforts and, or have resolve. Some people just like to be mad, right? And it's like, are you right. are you mad at something else, or because right. you're not trying to resolve the issue? So that's right. interesting. Yeah. So I've gotten to a point where you know I'm just like, okay, well. Yeah. Again, your key point: the warning sign is feeling exhausted. Yeah. If you feel exhausted, then it's it's uh, it's time to to let go. I guess. And let go. Let. <laughs> God. All right. This is the last one I'm going to do. Okay. So from this, this misconceptions about adult friendships, this one says we should know how to make and keep friends as an adult. And to me, this goes into a little bit. We should know how to make and keep friends as an adult. And I think that goes as an adult, adult. Yeah. That's a myth. So we should not know how to make friends as an adult. Yes, that means that it's, it's. I guess, okay, let me read it to you. Okay, so it says, navigating friendships as an adult can be difficult. Like all relationships, friendships require time and effort. And this isn't always easy to commit, especially when we are trying to balance our other relationships and responsibilities. The challenges we experience in our friendships can also change throughout our lives. Even if we had success when we were younger, we might suddenly find ourselves in a new city or stage of life where we struggle to expand our social circle, maintain old friendships, or even disengage from an unhealthy or toxic friendship. And as wonderful as technology is, it's changing the way we relate to each other and creating new opportunities for misunderstanding that we need to learn to manage. Deep. Yeah. (laughs) Psychology Day. I mean, I think 
the idea that you're an adult, you should know how to do it. Or even I like how they said, if you always was, it was always easy for you to make friends and then you find yourself in a situation that's hard, don't give yourself grace because sometimes it's hard to make friends. It is. It is. It is hard to make friends. I would know it is hard to make friends. And I'm, I'm someone I've moved around for the past 12 years um, for work every couple of years. And it's like restarting your life every couple of years. And it is hard to make friends. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like, I don't know. Um, I think that you do have to give yourself grace. Well, let's talk about that. Like, so how do you meet friends as an adult, like moving? Cause you have moved different times into mm-hmm. different states and starting fresh. So what, how do you meet friends? You know, I think that everybody always asks that question because I do seem to make friends, um, I make associates pretty quickly where I go and make what, well, you know, associates. Um, but I think that honestly, for me, it's been <coughs> being vulnerable and being open. Um, I think that that, I don't know. I think that if someone moves to a new place, like I think the key is to one say yes. Like when people invite you somewhere, you take those opportunities because you don't know anyone. And so I think that that's what I've always done. Like, I've always said yes um, Okay. to like, you know, meeting new people or like going out and meeting new people or just like having the opportunity. And then I just meet people through people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's, that's interesting too. Cause you said that other people always look at you and say, oh, you'll make friends or it's easy. Like you have a lot of friends, but you're saying personally, it's not always easy. That sometimes yeah. it's hard yeah, even that- being... I, would, I guess, would you call yourself extroverted? Um, I would call myself an extroverted introvert. Okay. <laughs> I always thought that was fake. Like, what is that? I don't know. What is it? I mean, by, they might like their alone time. Well, I'm just saying, like, by the nature of, like, my life and job, I feel like I'm an extrovert, right? Like, I have to talk to people. I have to communicate with people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always in these circles where I have to communicate with people. So, yes, yes, yes. I'm always, like, communicating. But, like, inside, like, that gives me anxiety sometimes like mm. you know it's like i don't like having to do that and like i don't like having to go places and like talk to people and see people and like um you know like it's just it's yeah no sometimes like okay like i do it but it's not necessarily easy uh yeah you know. yeah that's but a good i think point. that sometimes like you said when you're vulnerable and you just like allow yourself to be open like that then it does sometimes result in good and good things friendships yeah, it's always good to be vulnerable, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes, like you said, you some you have anxiety inside, but people can't really see that. So they're just thinking like, oh, Jaron is bopping around and he's meeting all these new people and he's having a good time and he's very friendly. But inside, you could be like in the car before you talk to anybody, you could be like kind of cringing like, oh, I got to do this right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I've... Yeah, and I feel like the same with my friend, because um, when she moved to Chicago, you know, Morgan, when she moved, I think she had some of the same reservations about moving to show. Like, I'm not going to be friends. And we we're always like, what the fuck are you talking about? You meet friends everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. But I guess sometimes we don't realize, like, the anxiety or things or pressure that it can feel inside. Yeah. Um, and then also knowing that maybe if in another place you met such such great friends and you're like, how I'm not going to be able to replace these people or meet people of the same caliber. So it might can still be some anxiety there. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. I was, I wonder too, I mean, this wasn't a myth up here, but I thought it was going to be about when you get to a certain age that you shouldn't make new friends. Like there should no new friends. Like that should be a thing. Like you don't make new friends. Like you got your circle is good. You can't meet a new friend at 55. Like what are you talking about? Like you should already have all your friends. Oh, that was, oh, that's what it was. It was a, that's what that was. I had sent a post to the group. I'm sorry. I had like a moment. Where did I get that from? I had sent a post to the, to a group where it was, I can't remember the actors, actresses names. It was like four of them. They're pretty well known and they were doing an interview and they were talking about friendship. And one of them was saying that she more so is very intentional in her friendships. So she's a person who, if I see this person, I'm like, I really want to be friends with you. I'm going to pursue it. And I'm going to say, hey, I want to be your friend. Let's do it. Right. And she was saying, people will say, oh, you're 50, you're 60. You're too old to be making new friends. Like you shouldn't be making new friends. And she was like, bump that. Like you can make new friends at any age. It's all about intention. 
And then her other two friends were saying they more introverts. And she, they were like, I don't really like talking to people. I'm like, don't talk to me. I don't like talking to people. But they were like, she maybe talked to her. She just kept coming to me and was consistent. And so then they ended up developing a friendship. So I think that's of note too. I think uh, a lot of times when people see someone that they would want to be friends with, or they're interested in talking to as a friend that, you know, build that, go for it. If you mm. feel like you want to be friends with that person, you never know what could come out of it. Yeah. And people or attract to energies too. Energies attract. Yeah. People do track energies. I know then again, sometimes your friend, your friend circles will be like no new friends. Like I don't want to meet none of your new friends. Don't bring none of your friends around mm-hmm. me. I know I would be real. I look at sometimes your page. I'm like, who is Jaren hanging out with? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who is who are these people? And I'll send it to Adiana and be like, look at Jaren. Who, who is he at Christmas with? Who is he? Why are you here? <laughs> and then we'll laugh. But always like that. <laughs> and she does the same thing to my pictures. Like if I'm out, she'll be looking at my pictures like, girl, who are, these, who are you with? Who are these people? So we always have like the no new friends. But you can have friends, but no new friends. Like. <laughs> You can have friends, but no new friends. What do you think about uh, mixing friend groups? Oh, that's a good one. We have jokes about that too. Mixing friend groups. Um, so I'll say this. I think, and I just spot up Morgan, right? So Morgan is really good at mixing friend groups. And she'll bring us together. And I remember like anytime she brings new people into the group, usually we don't fuck with it. <laughs> We'll be like, eh, who is this person? And then over time, we're like, oh, this person is really cool. I like this person. It works. And then, you know, we'll start to develop our own one-on-one relationships with that person. So she's good at doing that. And I think I've bridged that a little bit now, kind of with the ANTS, A-N-T-S. Um, that's a friend group I have, and it's just our initials. And so I think I kind of bridged us. I feel like I don't want to say like I'm responsible for us to be in together, but it's kind of like who's kind of like the mutual friend that knows everybody. Right. So mm-hmm. I think in some situations it works. Yeah. So you just have to know. And I think I'm good at picking up on vibes. So I know who can kind of like hang with the group and if in how. So for instance, when I had my birthday at Tul- for Tulum, I invite, I ended up inviting all of us together and it happened to work out really well. Like it just, but I also think, to me, I don't think that was my goal. I just wanted to fucking get out of the country. It was 2020 and I was like, let's just go. Who has money? Who's ready to go to Tulum? And it happened to be us t- who went. So us four. So then it just worked out and it worked out really well. And then we kept wanting to do things together. But then sometimes people can bring people into the group and we make jokes about you're the friend of the show. You're the friend of the show. You, yes, you are Marlo. Yeah, you, you, what'd you say? Me as assistant. Have you been watching Potomac? Oh, I have been watching Potomac. Um, Big Bird, the one they yeah. call Big Bird. She a friend? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, which, one, which one are you talking about? I was talking about Jacqueline, Mia's assistant. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Oh, Jacqueline. You, oh, well, I guess she is friend of the show. She a real good friend of the show. She made a lot of... This is a, a, a sidebar. A bit. <laughs> yeah, a sidebar. But she has made a lot of great strides. Because she got so she gets a lot of camera time. She does like a lot of a lot of camera yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is it about her that she gets so much camera time? But I guess it's because uh, Mia don't really have a storyline, so maybe right. that's right. She is her storyline. <laughs> G- yeah, G-, G is her story. G is her storyline, and Jacqueline is her storyline. Right. Because honestly, what would it be that she threw a drink at Wendy? Right. For no reason. It did it like. I'm going to say this too. Like you saw last episode, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking to Wendy and Wendy was like, don't tell me about friendships because right. you can't even maintain your friendship for 30 plus years. Yep. And then she was like, okay, I threw the drink. I apologize. Now, can we get to the issue at hand? And Wendy's like, have you been listening? This is the issue. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love, I love Wendy so much more this season. I like, like Wendy. She, She's a fan fave for the seat. Last season, I didn't like her that much. When she was on this, I'm a doctor shit. It's like, yeah, girl, bye. Yeah. But this season, she is a fan fave. Just like this, it, the things with her family makes me like her. How she's taking up for herself with Mia. I like her. Yeah. So she's a fan fave. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, friend of the show. Friend of the show. That's what that was. 
friend of no, the I show. Care of those people. There are people who have, like, I call them mixers, right? There are people who... <laughs> That's even bad. That's worse than friend of the show. Yeah. You're a mixer. Well, there are people who you can, like, mix with other people, and there are people who you mix can't. Mix in? Yeah. Okay. And okay. I feel like, you know, yeah, I'm a good reader, too, of the people who you can mm-hmm. and cannot, like, put together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's fine yeah. if you have people that you can and cannot put together. Yeah, it is, it's definitely fine. Um, there are some people that we talk about that we know that can only be around certain people mm-hmm. um, because they might either complain a lot or they always have an issue with stuff. So you have to put them around people who are just have patience right. and someone who's going to be like, okay. But it's also interesting too, because we, I told my friend, she was trying to bring in another person into the group. And I told her, in order to bring this person to the group, we have to have a big group outing. It can't just be something small at the house or something like a brunch. It has to be where there's so many of us that nobody really noticed <laughs> the shit that she's doing, right? And so, and, and it actually worked. So it was like a big group of us and we was like doing bar crawling. I don't know what we were doing. I think it was bar crawling. And it worked so much to the point where my friend is always asked about her and be like, she's so nice. She's so nice. And, then we, <laughs> and he's the only one will, who will say that she's nice because everybody's like, she's annoying as fuck. But it worked because <laughs> we were all in a big group. We were all right. drunk and you didn't notice that her behaviors were annoying. You thought she was funny. Okay. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, it has to be it has to be a big group sometimes yeah. to mix people in. Mm-hmm. But it can it can work. It yeah, can I, work. Think, I think it can work. I think you can mix groups. Let's see. I think we've hit a lot of stuff today. Talk about friends in the workplace, different types, friends versus associates, mm-hmm. setting boundaries, what happens when friends grow apart, five lies about adulthood. Yeah, we talked about pretty much how to maintain. Maintain long distance friendships. The only thing I did, I don't think I'm going to talk about borderline personality disorder today. Mm. And then, what? Why you say that? Yeah, friends, you got borderline personality disorder. No, but borderline personality disorder can make it hard to maintain friendships. <laughs> yeah, and relationships. You know somebody who had it? Probably. <laughs> you want to talk about it a little no, bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Sounds like good content to me. <laughs> but if you don't feel comfortable, it's okay. <sighs> but there's ways to man. It just takes a lot of work. Here, I'm just a bitter ex, that's all. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a whole nother day. Like <laughs> mental health and relationships. Because some people really, when you think about the list of things you want in a relationship, and this should be in friendships too. Actually, maybe this could be a good segue. When you think about the things that you want in a relationship or friendship, like people always have a list of things that they want in a relationship, you know. But also when you think about relationships and friendships, if you're making new friends, you want somebody to be emotional stable. Like right. they have to be because that can lead to that exhaustion mm-hmm. really quick. Real quick. Someone... <laughs> When someone is just not mentally stable or emotionally stable. Now, I was thinking about uh, borderline personality uh, disorder because it automatically some of the symptoms are related to issues that impact friendships or being able to maintain friendships. So that person may not have self-regulation or control when it comes to their anger. They may have inappropriate or intense uncontrolled anger. They may have mood swings with periods of like intense depression, irritability, or anxiety that just kind of lasts a few hours to a few days. They may have impulsiveness. Sometimes they may have suicidal threats or self-injurious behavior. They may have unstable, intense personal relationships with kind of like these extreme black and white views of people and experiences. There's no gray areas. They may have some difficulties with their self-image, their self-esteem, and just their goals. And they also have like frantic efforts to avoid abandonment. So they really want to stay attached, but they're not doing anything to kind of cultivate or nurture that attachment, right? And so that's usually naps. What a, you say what? <laughs> naps, snaps, snaps. Snaps, snaps, snaps. The head. That's it. Ooh. And then that's like borderline personality disorder. So those are some of the things that you may see. But I always advise people not to try to diagnose and not to try to label the person, but just label the behavior. Just label what you see the person doing. Because a lot of times people can be doing those things and they might not have 
borderline personality disorder. So leave that to uh, a licensed psychologist. But be noticeable or kind of uh, cognizant when people are doing things that are not healthy or mentally stable that they may, because when people are all of a sudden angry and I had to talk to a person I'm talking to earlier and I was like, it's fine if you disagree with me, but the way that you talk to me when you disagree with me is not acceptable. Like that being really angry, high pitched voice, the cussing, the hanging up the phone and all of that, that, that's, that's unhealthy. So you can tell me you disagree in a very kind way. (laughs) And so that is setting a boundary with the friendship. So mm-hmm. noticing those things because, like you said, it can be exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting yeah. dealing with someone who has mental health issues. And I've seen that as when I listen to other podcasts, people write in letters. That's always an issue. They're saying my significant other or my friend has mental health issues. How do I balance this relationship? It's a lot, especially if the person is not taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything else, any final words, anything that you would like to say? <sighs> you know, um, stay black. Um Yes. <laughs> that's what I got. Stay um, black, stay proud. Yeah, I don't think I have any mm-hmm. final words. Um You wanna talk about this do-rag that was on your Instagram? Uh, this one? Not you gonna put it. It's the fact that it was red for me. I really don't like understand this, why that was like such the like what was you know most people have black do-rags. They don't really have like red unless they like gang banging or some shit. Like <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have like colorful do-rags. And then when you was like, I got a pack of five in different colors, I'm like, okay. But it was also you on like at work with your co-anchor. Mm-hmm. That's what you say. And y'all just doing a little TikTok. Hey. Don't do right. <laughs> well, I don't understand why you think people, you didn't think people was good. That wasn't what you thought people was going to talk about. It was, no, it was just like, oh my God, the do-rag, the do-rag, the do-rag, the do-rag. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, okay. That's how I show up to work every day. Like, I don't take my do-rag until work. like 10 minutes. It's also too, because Jerry, you don't even have waves. Bro, I do. You do? Let me see. Yes. Oh, you do have some waves. Bro, my hair oh. is... Was it hard to find a barber in Wisconsin? I mean, sort of. I went to... <laughs> this is a um, really random topic, but... There was a Great Clips. I live above a Great Clips. Like, there's a Great Clips on my first floor. And so I was oh. like, oh, that's convenient. Although not, like, preferred. But I was like, since it's so close, let me go ahead and give it a try. It was horrible. They fucked you up. Great. You know, great clubs is always white people in there. Um, no offense to nobody who's white, but y'all don't know how to cut black people. Not most of <laughs> black people there. Most. most. <laughs> so needless to say, um, I, I found someone else. Um, okay. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, he's really good. I like him. Okay. That's good. Although, well, never mind. So I got my hair cut yesterday and I'm not really pleased with my line, but... Oh, he did it? He did it. Oh, what happened yesterday? I don't know. Um, But yeah, this is pretty much it. So the way that we end the show is with a pour it up. So I usually ask my guests, how are they planning to pour in themselves for the week going forward? If you have any tools, any strategies, any quotes that you're going to live by in order to pour unto yourself. Um, This week we're going into, I want to make sure this is right. If I'm looking at the calendar, it kind of is. We're pretty much going into the last full week of January. Mm-hmm. January is pretty much over, you guys. It's done. And that went by really fast. So me pouring into myself, I'm going to continue to be consistent. I've been pretty good with my consistent, with my spending, with working out, with meal prepping. So I hope to go into next week doing the same thing and just using the tool of discipline and consistency for sure. It's been working so far and I don't want to be one of those babies who I I just say baby as a word, but I just don't want to be one of the people who are like, I'm on it for January and then fall off from February. I want to keep it going at least till March or April. Like I want to at least see and I think by April, it should definitely be like a habit in all things. So anything, any thoughts about how you're going to pour into yourself, Jaren? Any? Um, I like the discipline tip. Um, I have a lot going on and I'm really trying to schedule things more intently, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and set like daily goals, like things that are attainable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to achieve this by today. Okay. To that. So I want to make sure I'm on top of that this week. 
I like that. Daily goals is good. I like that because it gives yourself a chance to celebrate like little accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the long or short-term goals or long-time goals, it's kind of, you have to wait and keep putting in the work. And so it's good to give yourself little celebratory moments along the way. Yeah. I like that. That's good. All right. Well, that's been the episode of Champagne Sunday. Thank you so much, Jaren, for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was so... I appreciate it. It's been long overdue. I'm glad that you came. Yes. So cheers to Champagne Sunday. Cheers. Maybe next time I'll be better. (laughs) Oh, whatever.